serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shaw flew up. Oh, he's toying with him now. Hey, Caitlin. Chris, what's going on? Hey, so uh, tennis is uh, over. Uh, it's up for South America for, for a little while, huh? It's going to fade into the recesses until, like, the clay season starts. Right. But it was a pretty good run for the last two weeks. It was and, a pretty... And longer, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think it was, like, a good uh, a good lead-up even to the Australian Open. And the Australian Open was pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Um, how good are slams that Serena doesn't win, though? Uh, I think... That... I think... <laughs> good question. Um, I think that this one was good on a couple of different levels that putting aside any of our tennis conversation that is surely to come have to do with sartorial inspiration. <laughs> okay, sure. Serena did not did not win, which we will touch on, I'm sure. Uh-huh. But most importantly, she wore one of the ballsiest outfits I've ever seen her in. Oh, yeah, definitely. In a canary yellow crop top <laughs> slash pleated skirt combo. Yeah, her reason was, well, I just wear crop tops like when I'm not on the court, so why not now? It's like, sure. It was... Sure. It was a f- it was a flooring choice in a amazing. way that I it loved. Was great. Yep. She looked amazing. Yep. Um, yep. Maria in a classic A line. Uh, <laughs> I liked the Adidas uh, dress, pattern dress that all the uh, Adidas representatives, including eventual champion Angelique Kerber, wore. Right. Um, I have to say, Novak Djokovic has finally figured out the right ratio of pant leg to leg <laughs> in his shorts because it's less tubey than it's ever been. Right. And he's got the color coordination down. Right. I feel like he definitely has a style now and it's surprisingly conservative. Like it's sort of not far off Federer. You know, it's like collars and sort of block colors with like uh, a little highlight color yeah. here and there, you know? Yeah. It's, he's a, it's a classic look, but I'm not sad about it. And Murray, the other male finalist. <laughs> here, looks, we here we go. Here we go. Oh, man. Love the guy. Rooting for him. I think he's going to be a great dad. He's a feminist. Sure. But, I mean, he somehow looked worse than his average pile of garbage look. <laughs> well, he did have the – it was all black, but he did have the weird, like, white undershirt. Does he wear <sighs> undershirt? That's a thing now. But, uh, but yeah, I don't hate it as much as you do because I feel like that's his persona. Like, it, all black – it'd be weird to see him in all white. Like, w- Wimbledon – it just doesn't seem right. Like that's not his his te- his um, temperament. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I have zero problems with the colors. Oh. My problem is the cut. Oh wow! What? Too I don't want to get not the opposite. It looks oh. like first of all, he was wearing baggy shorts that like yeah. combined the worst of like '90s era men's <laughs> bottoms that also somehow had a slit up the bottom, so it looked like he was wearing like you know that trend when we were in high school where like people would buy jeans and then cut the sides up. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like huh. if you could do that to a thigh. Right. Oh right. man. Yeah. And then like everything was sort of ill fitting. Like I don't even mind the color scheme. It's like yeah. come on, dude. You can't think that you look okay just looking in the mirror. <laughs> do you think and it's like, harder for him because he's so much more jacked than most of the other guys on tour? He does have a lower caboose area that sure. is significantly larger. <laughs> like I think like Kane Shikori and Djokovic have a distinct advantage because they are sort of whip it thin. <laughs> right. But you know, as Nadal has shown us, and he possesses a pretty large sort of derriere, you know, there's ways to tailor. It's doable. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The last thing I want to say is actually, I want to talk a little bit about how awesome Milos Raonic, my yeah. countryman from Canada, did in the tournament and how pumped I am to see that he made a semi and like really, really like 
expanded his game and did some awesome right. like serving and volleying. Right, could have won that semi for he sure. Could've. He, he could have. He probably uh, actually should have. He got he got a little injured there towards the end. He, yeah. I, I think he was going to win it. What is an um, injury? But the biggest unforced error, Caitlin. Wow. Is that an idiom? <laughs> no, it's not. And it's not at all insightful or right. Like that poor guy. Yeah, I'm not sure that actually Be- is. No, no, no. I was trying to but be But I like deck. that you went with it. Yeah, I, sure. Am I ever mad at a Bon Mott? No, I'm not. <laughs> exactly. I'm not at no. all. Heart, I wanted to say, Milos. Yeah, go ahead. The part, the orange, I was into it, and the part that gelled 1960s part, I feel his look. I like it. Yep, it is a look. And it's funny because his his personality you wouldn't associate it with like a really strong distinct no. look no he should be in trash bags but he's not right and like new balance and him seems like an awfully boring pair <laughs> but yeah, they came out with some different like clothes traffic cones yeah basically <laughs> exactly. low pad traffic cones i was super into it so i just wanted to make sure we discussed the um the fashion element sure of the australian because i was really pumped about it um, and I thought it was a, a very interesting display. Obviously, Serena took home the trophy in that regard sure. by a mile. Yeah. Having said that, should we talk about the tennis? I guess so. I guess so. So um, first things first, Serena, um, what did you think of the match? Hold on. I'm having some bourbon. For sure. Uh, let me – I actually thought it was a great match. I thought Serena played yeah. pretty well. I didn't yeah. think she choked the way she did against Roberta Vinci. Nope. And I thought Kerber, to her credit, like played lights out. Um, and played against a pretty highly functional Serena. Yeah. Um, and as such, I believe Serena, when she said she wasn't tight in the match, right. the way that she totally got tight with Finchie, like mm-hmm. the way that you are playing somebody who don't take seriously and all of a sudden they're winning right. is scary. If you're playing somebody who's playing great and who's like an established great player, who's just beaten the other favorite to win the tournament and Victoria Azarenka, uh-huh. like she, I think she saw Kerber coming and Kerber just played better than her. And I think that that sounds very simple, but that doesn't happen very often for Serena. And it was such a great match. I was so excited for yeah. like tennis yeah. and Serena was gracious. And, and you know, the one thing I feel like tactically she did that was baffling was she came into the net a bunch. Right. Strange. Right. I love it generally. Right. I was just praising Milos Raonic for doing it, but it right. didn't work at all. And so it sort of, it, it was interesting. It kind of exposed to some like profound, like, tactical weaknesses on Serena's part too, which I thought is interesting because we usually don't see her like the only time she loses is when she like kind of plays bad. Yeah. And in this case she didn't play that bad. She just got beat and she responded by using a dumb tactic, which was right. so interesting. It was weird because she's such such a good doubles player. So you would think that like, well she had that 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 would be like a nice backup at any time. But right. it just didn't look right there. By the way, you should explain to people that the sound they hear in the background is a I think trash truck moving down the street on the on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Wow. Well, I didn't have to because you just did it. That's right. true. I'm okay. sipping bourbon near an open window, and a trash truck is <laughs> clearing trash on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. All right. It's you know it's my attempt at verisimilitude. Sure. <laughs> um, but I, I was really excited because I thought like Kerber played really well, and and interestingly Kerber, who's like uh, a really really good lefty, right. um, Serena hasn't played a lefty in like a long long time. Yeah. And somebody made that point, and I was like, "Huh, interesting. That might um, that might have done something." The same the way Nadal wreaked havoc on people, right? Um, you know, Serena was probably coming in, and when you come into the net, as I like to do, you're trained to hit to people's backhands, right? Um, in 
Angelique Kerber's case, that's a really, really powerful forehand. <laughs> and she got passed all the time. Yeah. And that might have been that might have been a factor. What did you think? Did yeah. you like it? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought uh it's funny, like I saw Serena get beat in a way that I haven't seen her got beat in a while, mm-hmm. which is that someone outplayed her. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the end of Serena. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like she played a B plus, the A game is still there and would have yeah. won that match. I I also feel like the problem with uh coming into net is that uh, nowadays, because it's not 1970 when most of the announcers <laughs> grew up, uh, is that if you get past a bu- bunch of time, it really fires the other player up. Yeah. <laughs> and they start playing better, you know? like Totally. You know, I thought the announcers for this um, f- were pretty good in this tournament, but there was a little bit of, uh, in the early round matches, so some of the not top-notch people, like, get back to the, well, if you just came into net more. Yeah. And I just feel like, when when is this, is it going to, like, it's going to have to be another 10 years before that generation of announcers goes, so that we have a yeah. generation of announcers who grew up at a time who are realistic about what it's actually like to come to net. <laughs> well, I also think, like, um, you know, the main reason I'm doing this tennis podcast with you and have been for the past two years is not only because of our sizzling chemistry, but because it is my ultimate dream job to be an on-air commentator for tennis matches yep i mean i don't i mean i'm doing pretty much nothing to advance that goal so i don't want people to think that like you know uh, i'm working hard at that yeah sure yeah um but part of it is just the the the, like sheer contemptibility of the announcers generally like there's a few good ones and like martina's not bad but like it's generational also right. like the b team is such a b team like no other yeah. sport would put up with how b team um the the not great tennis commentators are like brett haber have you ever heard that guy try to st- string a sentence together <laughs> no i have not holy fucking shit um and then also like their sort of biases and like it basically took like i'm sure some behind the scenes scolding to like get chris ever to like stop being like outright racist <laughs> really don't you think like the way that she used to talk about Serena's like raw athleticism yeah, and like right. lack of discipline, you know, it's just like, Oh man, yeah, we're not even going to acknowledge that this is like such a, like, you know, right. Precious baby boomer class. That's like really, really threatened by all of the sort of youth on the tour. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sort of speaking out of turn, but no, no, no. I mean, I, it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. And just like tactically, it's just like, they just make the same point over and over again to the point of like, insulting the player's intelligence and like maybe that gets to your point a little bit which is like they're like what like if it were up to announcers every point would be a serve into the body a rush to the net and then (laughs) like a graceful backhand volley deep into the corner right which like worked against tracy austin in the 1979 (laughs) forest hills final of the u.s open and pretty much not ever (laughs) exactly like i just thought like that is i mean they are now like the advice of like just get to net more and more and more is like 20 years behind the time. Like, yeah. Like, and I, th- I think that actually has a lot to do with the way that tennis has changed. Like tennis yeah. has changed profoundly since right. like the seventies and eighties. Whereas like, you know, you listen to um, Ken Singleton call a Yankees game and like, they're playing the same game. Right. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like totally. I, d- I don't, I don't, uh, that's why to me, Martina is still so interesting as a commentator. And when you can, get uh you know if you can get a chance to hear agassi occasionally do it or becker do it for the bbc it's so insightful because they still in martina's case she still competes like she did up until a couple years ago 
you know, uh, in the doubles arena. And like, she knows all the players, she knows what they're thinking. She's was Radvanska's coach. Like yeah. that's super interesting. Paul Anacone actually is really, really good. He's yeah. used to be Federer's coach for that reason. Cause he's like actually coached people in the modern era. Like right. Chris ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to pick on her. Brett <laughs> Haber's far worse, but the, the commentating is so appallingly bad. Yeah. Like, like on the ESPN, you know, where you can watch any match, like, so some of the earlier ones have no announcer. Like it's just the I'm sure feed. it's better. It's weird. It's weird. It makes you realize how long tennis matches are. Like even <laughs> someone talking, like just babbling on about like bullshit and fifty-eight <gasps> advice is like is like does help pass the time. I'm listen. I'm maybe it's the bourbon talking. Uh-huh. But do you think we should offer our services up for those matches that don't? currently get called by anyone we don't even have to offer so we'll do it and then we'll put it out as a podcast and a three-hour long podcast and then and then people can just sync it up great fantastic okay anybody listening to this show and i know there are at least a few of you most of you seem to prefer our uh, most recent guest sean ramos farm to either of us let us know if you would like to hear a three-hour match live commentary (laughs) to podcast episode i'd be willing to do that <laughs> would you? Sure. Yeah, that would that would be great. Two players we have never heard of. Just... Great. It's just like rampant speculation. <laughs> exactly. Pretty sure this guy's Italian. Nope. He's from Argentina. <laughs> Can't wait to see his one handed backhand. Nope. <laughs> it's He's just basi- It's just basically you being crushed each time they don't hit a one hander. Just <laughs> inconsolable for the first five games. It sounds pretty riveting. I don't know who wouldn't sign up for three hours of that. <laughs> Um, um did you watch the men's final obviously you did i, I did i did and uh and yeah so it's uh it's hard to watch murray i mean like Djokovic is great i feel like we've covered that on a, on a past podcast and like the only way this works for murray is that like somehow by losing five finals which is like just imagine five final like by losing five australian open finals like he's finally building towards a match that could have as much meaning as that wimbledon final <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's the only positive spin i can put on this that 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 like if he loses seven straight finals and wins the eighth it'll feel a little like winning wimbledon finally yeah although you know i, I don't know maybe it's worth it to go down there for like the hugging koala photo shoots that he gets to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's I mean, hope. He just didn't, like, it within rallies, like, he just, Djokovic just looked untroubled by almost okay. everything. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you too much, but I do okay. have to say, don't you think it's because Djokovic had literally one hard match and Murray had a couple culminating in a five-set match with Raonic two days prior? Like, don't you think he was just out of gas? Like, I'm not saying he would have won otherwise, yeah, but, like, I, don't think, I think he was particularly yeah. uh, flummoxed. I think that's right. I think that's right. Out of gas, That said, sure. you know, I mean, shit. Right, and it was... Yeah, I, it's hard getting... I mean, it's, he's in Mar- Maria Sharapova's Serena territory, you know? Yeah, God, it's hard. I mean, and I mean, the last two sets were great, but I, but I mean, if you get housed 6-1 in the first set, like, ugh, that is such a deep hole to come out of in terms of... Because then you get into that yin yang thing where like okay now i have to play so well up to a level i can't keep up it's just like ugh, brutal. yeah and you could see he was trying to hit winners yeah yeah which like is he great. was just kind of like yeah no yeah. it's exciting but right. it made for like a pretty shitty match yeah um i will say this djokovic to his credit and because of a conversation that we had very recently with sean ramos farm uh-huh. novak djokovic number one fan <laughs> i did look at it with new eyes and i really appreciated Obviously, his game, I, as I have noted, I found his fashions to be particularly good. I actually like those Adidas shoes that have his 
yep. um, fuzzy little face on the tongue. Yes. One more thing about his look. His hair has grown a little longer, so it's got like kind of a padded down look in the front. I know that sounds minor, but it makes a difference. He looks a little less insane. <laughs> and most importantly, in his victory speech, he said like a, a number of amazingly nice things about Andy Murray's impending fatherhood because sure. his wife is about to give birth now over any day. Right. And it was really nice and sweet, and it made me feel like, oh, you know, like little Stefan Djokovic, Novak's kid, is probably like cute and a real barrel of monkeys and he's probably like a good dad and you know maybe i i, I am i am looking at him with new eyes i'm, I'm not totally there but it, it, it was a it was a affirming conversation how about you yeah totally and then having murray kind of go a little tearful like at wimbledon the one that he lost before the one he won i'd like mm-hmm. he's cornering the market on like super emotional <laughs> yeah who would have thought yeah right it's exactly. a dour guy from scotland right but like lendl just like breaking down at the end of a <laughs> tournament in key biscayne amazing <laughs> <laughs> um so uh i just heard something pretty wonderful that uh that that sean himself sent us do you uh-huh. want to yes. talk about how this came to be yeah so uh so a few week, few weeks ago uh top choice host uh sean uh convinced you mainly that Djokovic was great and should be rooted for um and uh and then he gloated today with a <laughs> sound file he sent to us so here's that hello caitlin hello chris Hello, the main draw. This is Sean Usher Raymond Ramosverum, Joker loyalist for life. I was on the show a few weeks ago predicting another big year for my boy Novak Djokovic and trying to convince Caitlin and Chris to care. I think I made a compelling argument, and, and sure enough, our Joker made quite the case for himself against Andy Murray on Sunday. Something about straight sets. I was thinking about Caitlin and Chris when reading the New York Times write-up of the match. I glossed over all the details about technique. Novak had lots of game. Andy had less. Novak came up with the shots. Andy did not. All of that stuff is fine, but I'm here for the narrative. The narrative was wanting Andy to win Wimbledon so English folks could be less ashamed to be English. I fuck with that. The larger narrative for me remains Novak's world domination. I want to see the dude who started playing in an empty Serbian swimming pool maybe Yugoslavia, take as much as he possibly can. Because people still hate his face, they hate his faith, they hate his habits, they hate his parents. I hate that hate because he's undeniably great. That's why I want to see Novak take the French and as many more after that as he can. Marty Fish is with me. On Sunday, he tweeted congrats to Novak. He said he's the true definition of overturning every rock to be the best he can. Nutrition, work ethic, professional learn kids go fish uh so it's really about marty fish i didn't see it going that way caitlin i didn't either it's hard i mean we've already addressed marty fish at length um you know he's probably frankly gotten more more than he deserves on the main draw (laughs) podcast um but you know sean is right i think because there are so few things that Djokovic has left to accomplish obviously he's won um, a number of majors. He tied Bill Emerson as the most uh, winningest Australian Open champion with six this tournament. The only major he hasn't won is the French. Yeah. I would love to watch the French, and because that's the next major and also my favorite, I'm particularly excited about that. I can't say that I will unabashedly be rooting for him because I still, as we've noted many times, like I would love to see Federer like actually win one of these. I right. don't think that will happen. Right. 
Um, but it would be very vindicating if a storyline ended in Djokovic winning. Right. Um, it would be very interesting, and and I would be very happy for him to to watch him complete the the trophy case. Right. Totally. Yeah. It would be great. It was a little anticlimactic when uh, Stan won it last year. Like I was wait. I thought it would be Djokovic's year to close out all four. I do think that um, Federer can win another Grand Slam, but it will not be one in which he plays Djokovic <laughs> on clay. <laughs> on clay or nope. on any surface. Like it, only the draw can save him in terms of winning another major. Um, oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Like I just like Djokovic will have to get knocked out like the five set he had early in the tournament, like something. Yeah. With Shields Simon. Exactly. I have to say Djokovic doesn't have off days. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. Do you, and yeah. Do you, do you think in the future, like every, but like the next generation of players, you'll have to be able to slide on hard courts. Like that'll just become like, uh, yeah. Oh my God, you can't slide. Yeah. Yeah. People, I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, I think because the Americans were, hmm, do I want to say this? Yeah, I do actually. I think Djokovic is, is teaching a lot of people about like the way that you can move and be flexible on any surface, particularly hard courts. And I would be shocked if like the junior development programs in every country weren't making people do like very intense, like Bikram yoga. Right. Because right. of Djokovic, because I think he's like for sure the most flexible player who's maybe ever stepped onto the court. Yeah. Oh, it's. I don't know. Serena in that New York Magazine uh, profile <laughs> from a couple of months ago, where she was doing like a gymnastics split, <laughs> she's, is she's pretty in close. The conversation, sure. <laughs> she's in the conversation, but right. I think like that's going to be part of the regiment. Like, it's definitely not going to be like you know uh, Stan Smith like putting his pack of cigarettes on the. I know. You know, in in, in the bag and uh, having a beer in the clubhouse after. Although you know, part of me misses that a little bit. Sure. And I mean, with Djokovic, it's it's even it's almost just like the flexibility is great all all over. But it it just gives him that one shot where he's hitting that backhand out of his back pocket all the way on that side of the court. It's and amazing hitting winners and like that. Like he's won so many big points where he should not have been able to hit an, an offensive shot from that yeah. spot. It's crazy. Yeah, interestingly, you know who did that is Kerber. Yeah, that's I was true. thinking that when I was watching her, I was like, "Huh." The further, the longer the points went against Serena, which is usually a death sentence, right. and the farther <laughs> out of the bounds of the court she got, the more offensively she was able to create yeah. angles. Which is the same of Djokovic, which is very, very interesting. Yeah, because again, like that's that's that, definitely not the way that the game was taught when we were kids, and it'll be really interesting to see sort of like what this next generation of players who's used to watching these these folks who sort of redefine the the boundaries yeah. of the court and how to cover it will do. Yeah. I mean, I know that's like kind of a dorky like tactical thing to think about, but it, no, it will be interesting. No, like it made me wonder like when we're older, like what will be the cliches that we cling to and advice that we give uh, younger players despite uh, <laughs> despite totally. evidence well, like uh, you shouldn't be so flexible or <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do right now. Yeah. And again, the bourbon talking probably. I'm going to retire in a tennis community where tennis fights all day long and revert actually back to a Chris Everett era where all I do is serve and volley, which I think is going to be really, really, really powerful against like the other 80 year old women. <laughs> I'm not planning on changing my game at all. I'm not planning on doing a yoga. Okay. I am planning on just running into the court, chip and charge, and ending points. <laughs> right. That's my plan. Right. I like think it's a, a good one. Like an offensive chip, basically. Like you're... Correct. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's a, unfortunately, I'm only 5'5". Five five. If I were like Pam Schreiber, this would be a foolproof idea. Sure. But I'm going to try it anyway. Yeah. Well, you'll freak okay. people out at least. You will win a lot of first sets. Let's, let's put it that way. I mean, the good news is when you're 80, what else, you know. Yeah. I mean, do you even play second sets? I don't know. <laughs> a pro set at most. All right. Well. All right. Uh, happy 2016. Happy 2016. Um, and let's see what happens All right. in the next couple of weeks. Cool.